Welcome everybody to another episode of the Neil World Order Podcast. Coming to you on a uh, somewhat chilly night here in Wisconsin. Um, it's been a an interesting week weather-wise. Uh, it had been warm last week. And then, uh, what was it, Wednesday night? We got about a Wednesday night and a Thursday, about a foot of snow. Um, powdery stuff, a little windy. Uh, not terrible. We haven't really, I mean, we've had two big snowfalls this year, and I mean, really both of them were about a foot, and other than that, it's been a pretty mild winter, so, I mean, we'll take it, but then like I said today, it was, I think it got up into the mid-40s, I think it's supposed to be the same tomorrow, Uh, and then like high 30s and 40s as we wind down the rest of February here, which is crazy to think, what, we've got 10 or so days left in February. Obviously, it's the shortest month of the year, but still, I feel like January went fast for once, and now February is moving right along, which is fine with me because we have vacation planned in March, and excited and looking forward to going down to Orange Beach in Florida. That should be a good time. But uh, yeah, a lot of worked in the basement down here in the man cave, uh, working on the bar, getting some more lights up, cleaning up, a lot of cleaning up to do. my wife had done an amazing job of organizing here the other night while I was out delivering. And uh, she even uh, did me the solid of uh, clearing the driveway the other day. I came home from work thinking, man, now I've got to move all this snow. But she'd already dominated it, so that was kind of sweet. Um, but, yeah, I got the bar cleaned up. She's uh, worked on framing a bunch of my jerseys that were going to hang, uh, hung a bunch of the record. I used to have records on the wall in these frames at my... Uh, our old duplex or whatever, and then once we, I think they were on a wall, we had like a music-themed room when we first moved in, we kind of didn't really, I wouldn't, I don't know, we didn't really have a style, it kind of, we just kind of put stuff wherever in the house till uh, her inner interior decorator took over and prettied everything up and made it look more civilized. So I've had these framed records that have been down here in the basement for forever, and now they're up on the wall, Uh, jerseys will be up in the bar area really excited about that i had this idea of getting like all kinds of jerseys and hanging them. it's actually one the frames are stupid expensive i did not get super high-end frames because i'm like okay you pay enough for jerseys you know and when you're going to frame them i usually wear like a double x you're not going to frame a double x jersey that's really big so like i'm already paying out the wazoo for jerseys i'm not going to wear on top of you know going crazy on frame prices but um you know, I got these. I'm a huge hockey guy. I love Wayne Gretzky. I don't know if I've ever went on and on about that. At some point, I'll do an episode about my love affair with Wayne Gretzky. And, you know, I have an LA Kings Gretzky jersey and an Edmonton Oilers one. And hockey jerseys, you know, if you're not a fan or not that familiar with them, like when you get the nice jerseys, it's literally like a sweater. I mean, it's it's thick, it's heavy, there's weight to it. They're even like a size you don't, you know, that wouldn't be for myself. It is a larger jersey. And it's quite an undertaking to frame. I think for the time being, I'm going to hold off on framing those uh, just because once all the pictures go up down here, you'll get to see. I mean, the walls are really cool, and I don't know if I want to cover all the wood with uh, the jerseys and hangings and so not. And I don't know if I've ever talked about I probably have forever ago. I feel like this project's been going on forever. That all the wood down here is like 100-year-old barn wood that uh, I was fortunate enough to get my hands on. And it, 
it turned out really cool so it's like it has a very rustic feel down here the bar is kind of you know same thing it's I, I wanted to feel like more like an old cellar kind of feel um, you know with my whiskey and my Tennessee theme over there at some point there'll be pictures um, but yeah so we were I mean we were down in you know down here till about an, almost an hour ago and a lot of cleaning uh moving things around we have a shop on the you know like I, i'm assuming everyone does in their basement you know where you have all your power tools and do your work and you keep you know your workbench and all that this that and the other and it through this project that whole area just became a disaster because you know it's you're looking for a bit you're grabbing a saw you're grabbing a battery you're charging and nothing's been put away and it's I, i'm probably the most guilty of it because when i work it's literally like a hurricane i make the biggest mess it's generally just looks like a complete disaster up until the point that it's done you know so any i'm almost impossible to work with on anything just because i make a mess and it probably gives people crazy anxiety my wife on the other hand is a very organized person very neat um you know plans things all that we're complete opposites so sometimes we work together it's kind of like butting heads but often her ideas prevail because they're generally the best and the most thought out and carefully planned but um yeah we got a few more things to work on down here we're putting up like a a draped kind of area to separate the shop from the um the lounge and bar and man cave area we talked about building a wall the way the venting lays and just the where the door would follow because i would want a bigger door into the shop you would literally we looked at you just literally almost be building a doorway and it just seemed stupid we thought oh we can drape this off to keep the area separate and so on and so forth so this project's moving right along and coming to an end i mean ultimately the biggest thing left is flooring and you know coming i want to i'm hoping to find a deal on some flooring i don't want to go all out it's it's a basement at the end of the day and it's flooring down here you know it's not like it's the whole house and i've already floored a whole house and that was quite the experience and i i'd be lying if i said i was looking forward to it again um Super Bowl this past Sunday. Uh, clearly, my pick did not pan out. Um, obviously, that's probably not the first time my Super Bowl pick didn't pan out. I think I'm actually pretty terrible at picking Super Bowls. Like, when, even like, I'm not even talking preseason. Because I think I picked Bills Packers, which was, Bills was probably a good pick at the beginning of the year. But uh, <clears throat> when the two teams get there, I seem to always. I think when the Packers won was probably the last time. The Packers and that year the Patriots came back were from 28 to 3. I still said they were going to win that game. But I think almost every other game I picked against who won. Starting, I remember as a kid thinking the Patriots were going to beat the 85 Bears, and we all know how that turned out. That That's dead fact. I was like, oh, no, these the Patriots are going to win. This team's going to be good, blah, blah. Little did I know it would take them about 20 20 or so more years before they would turn it around and become the dynasty that maybe I thought they were then. But uh, it w it ultimately, it was a great game. Um, Phillies D went to shit in the second half. You know, they gave up a touchdown, two touchdowns in a row on the exact same play. Once it went to the left, once it went to the right. I mean, it was to the T, and the defense never figured it out. You know, props to Kansas City for having that in place. 
there was that bullshit pass interference. By the law, yes, it was pass interference. I would say 80% of the time that call is not made. In a game like that, it shouldn't have been made, in my opinion. And I'll, I'll carry that to my grave. I know the Eagles player said he did it. I know the NFL said it was the right call. But, like, you know, without that call, Phil, Kansas City kicks the field goal. Philly gets the ball with a minute left. And we're probably heading to overtime because K- Kansas City could do nothing to stop Philly as well as Philly couldn't stop them. And I think it kind of robbed us all of what could have been an even better game. You know, it was kind of like 99.9% of the game was amazing, and then the end was just like a big turd and deflated everybody. You know, and it's you hate to see a game end like that, but, you know, you can't give up those two back-to-back touchdowns and expect to win the way they did. But I, if I'm being honest, I think there's a solid chance we see – we possibly see these two teams play for the Lombardi again. Although, you know, now looking at it, you know, a lot that's happened this week, Philly is going to be looking for new coaches. They lost both their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator. I believe Arizona hired their defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, and the Colts hired Shane Steichen or Stechen, whoever that, that, I don't know how it's pronounced, his offensive coordinator on Tuesday. So um, those, those will be some big shoes to fill. Um, you know, and even Kansas City, their offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, who still hasn't landed a coaching job, which, you know, maybe he's a terrible interview. Um, you know, maybe he people don't believe he's the reason for the offense. He's had he's had plenty of success, plenty of interviews, you know, and, and maybe people just believe Andy Reid is the architect for the Kansas City dynasty and that Bieniemy is just along for the ride. I believe I saw today that he's finalizing a deal to move to Washington to become their offensive coordinator, which is kind of crazy. Maybe he just wants, I don't know, maybe he's tired of winning, wants to lose because Washington's going to be terrible. Uh, I don't think they have a quarterback. They, I mean, they have some good receivers. Their ownership is terrible. Ron Rivera is an awful coach. Uh, so that, that, that could be kind of interesting. Maybe he thinks... If he flourishes somewhere else, an opportunity will come, or maybe he thinks they're going to fire around Rivera and promote him. You know, and maybe one of the other things that's held enemy back is, you know, Doug Peterson went on as the Kansas City OC and won a, as a head coach, won a Super Bowl in Philly. He's uh, had success in Jacksonville this year. But then you had Matt Nagy, who went to the Bears and totally shit to bed, uh, was terrible at every level, uh, never really showed any bright side, bright spots, and... You know, he was eventually fired after the 2021 season. So maybe people looked at that and thought, okay, you know, this is a system and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you look at a lot of the uh, Patriot guys that left and haven't had a lot of success. Uh, I can't even think of his name. He was the Lion. Dan Patricia went to the Lions, was a bust. Um, Josh McDaniels is in his second stint as a head coach. He didn't do well in Denver. He's not doing well in Vegas. I believe Mike Vrabel, you could really say, has been successful uh, with Tennessee. He was sort of in the Patriots. I know he played for the Patriots. He played for Kansas City. I think he uh, actually did some coaching for both. I could be wrong. Um, But, yeah, you know, sometimes great teams, you know, and some people are meant to be coordinators and not coaches. You see it a lot where these guys try their hand at it, it comes back, and they're like, mm, yeah, and they end up be staying on being great coordinators. 
But yeah, so you know, I was surprised sticking with Bienemy that uh, Carolina didn't try to hire him, especially to fix their offense. You know, they they ended up hiring Frank Reich, who did a shit job in in Indianapolis. That was just a shit show. Um, to me, Frank Reich's always going to be the guy that was down thirty five to three in the uh, Houston Oilers Buffalo Bills game and led the comeback when Jim Kelly was hurt. Showing my age, a lot of people are like, "What? I never heard that." But yeah, it was a playoff game, and the Bills were down thirty-five to three. Jim Kelly got hurt. Frank Wright came in and led like the biggest comeback ever. But yeah, so we'll see. I don't know. Like I said, Indy likes to play coaching the coaching carousel there, and then maybe they'll end up with David Carr, who was uh, released by Vegas this week because they didn't want to pay him. I think they had to pay him like twenty million if they kept him past a certain day, past Wednesday. I saw an article where it said that he was uh, talking to the Jets, which people are saying, like, oh, that's going to put a, you know, devalue Rodgers' worth. Um, Apparently Aaron Rodgers is taking a four-day sabbatical, and stories are coming out now that the Packers are sick of him and they're ready to move on. And it's hard to believe that when you're like, okay, you have a generational talent, even if he's weird. Um, I, I like Aaron Rodgers. I think he was, during the last couple of years, was probably the hero a lot of us needed. Um, you know, he speaks his mind. He's very intelligent. He's articulate. He, he's a no-bullshit kind of guy. And, and personally, I respect that. You know, I I get where he's coming from with a lot of stuff. But <clears throat> so I guess, you know, maybe in the next week or so, we'll see where that goes. Uh, quick programming note. Um because, you know, we're all professionals here. The Bourbon Sessions, Volume 1, is now slated for March 4th. That was originally going to be done today. Uh, there were some scheduling conflicts, and then there weren't scheduling conflicts, but when there were scheduling conflicts, I kind of started getting the basement, uh, working on some other stuff in the basement, and I was like, okay, it wasn't ready to have people over. And then uh, schedules cleared up, and I was like, okay, uh, so we're going to move that to March 4th will be the first episode of that. Uh, speaking of whiskey, I'm actually enjoying a glass of Evan Williams Bottled in Bond, 100 proof Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. I believe this is aged four years. Cheap bottle you can find anywhere. Uh, a lot of, I watch a lot of like bourbon TikToks and Instagram stuff like I was telling you about. And uh, <clears throat> I saw a lot of people uh, talking about this one is an easy one to find. You know, they use this for like their mixed drink, their whiskey sours, their Jack and, or, you know, Coke and whiskey or whatever. Everyone calls it a Jack and Coke, even if it's not Jack. But uh, I believe Evan Williams is part of the uh, Jim Beam family. I'm not a huge Jim Beam guy. <clears throat> this one's got a little heat to it. Yeah, like I said, it's 100 proof. But, uh, yeah, I grabbed this at Walmart. I looked everywhere in my town at all these different liquor stores, and nobody had this, which is just like, you know, your basic kind of everyday bottle. And I had they had it at Walmart for about, I think it was like 1783 or something like that, which is interesting because I believe that's the same year it was, yeah, since 1783. But maybe it was 1799. I don't know. This is only my first class, I swear. But yeah, this is the first one I've had in a while. It's got some heat to it. The, you you know, there's a little bit of bite to it. Um, actually picked up a um, George Dickel. I don't know. It was a single barrel bonded, uh, nice bottle. Something I'd never seen before. Uh, 
my cousin had a bottle and said it was really good stuff. And I was going to drink that tonight, but I was like, you know what? All the effort I put into this Evan Williams just to track down a little $18 bottle, I'm going to I'm gonna drink that tonight. And it's um, so far, it's not disappointing. Uh, I could see with the heat why, why it would be an easy one to mix. You know what? A lot of people don't want to mix their 50 to $100 whiskeys with Coke and then mix drinks and stuff for that. They're meant more just to drink and enjoy. But we'll get to more of that when we do the uh, the bourbon sessions. Anyways, you know, not to take a negative turn, but what's going on in our country right now? Holy shit. I mean, you know, I saw a briefing. I don't know if anyone saw this with Senator uh, Joe Kennedy of Louisiana. And he was talking about, like, the spy balloons. And he says, you know, after their briefing... They're not sure if this has been going on for three years, five years, ten years. And, you know, a lot of people maybe were quick to dismiss these balloons or UFOs, whatever you want to call them. You know, and maybe you can take security and the fact that we we shot them down after they did whatever they did. But if this has been going on for years and China has been mapping our country, I'm not trying to scare you, but here's something I really want you to think about. If these spy missions have been used to map our highway system, our bridges, our power grid, our water systems, the underground fiber optics and whatever for our internet and communication, there's a possibility the Chinese have a complete playbook of how to systematically cripple this country. And that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to use it. Maybe they sell that information to somebody who's got a a beef with us, you know, um, you know, and a lot of, you know, a lot of people say, nah, that this is impossible. You know, I, I bet back in the day they thought Pearl Harbor was impossible. You know, how many of us in the early 2000s uh, thought we'd ever see something like 9-11? I mean, but, but we saw it. We lived through it. You know, there's, there's a chance there are already people here in place in this country just waiting for orders to get to make chaos begin, and I'm, I'm not trying to scare you. I, I'm just, you know, I, I was thinking about all this, and I'm like, all we have all this, we can't trust the Pentagon, the Department of Justice, the FBI, the CIA, the Homeland, because they're always lying. They've been weaponized. They're politicized, you know, and the government has no integrity with a majority of the people in this country who can think for themselves. You know, and, and at this point in our history, like, we have incompetent leaders, and they're fighting over petty shit amongst themselves when World War Three could literally be at our doorstep. And I'm not one of those people that instantly believes, oh, there's going to be war and there's going to be this. You know, but, like, if you look at some of the things going on, you know, and a lot of it is shit. They're not reporting shit we don't hear, hear from. And I'm not trying to be all Orson Welles and the War of the Worlds pot, you know, radio cast from back in the day. If you know history, you'll get that reference. I just think it's time we ask ourselves, man, what's going on? You know, what 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 are they not telling us? Why are they not telling us? You know, how prepared are we actually as a country? Like do we even know? You know, how prepared are we as individuals? Um the whole thing is just it's wild, you know, and, and I don't even know how to take it. I need a second to cue up this soundbite from uh, 
Senator Joe Kennedy. I, I kind of forgot this was going to be part of what I was talking about. And so, give me a second, Joe Kennedy. He has so many uh, great sound bites that it's, it's you know, going to take a second. Da, da, da. Well, shit. Is this it? Hang with me for a brief moment here, people. Okay, I believe this is it. This has been going on for a long, long, long time. Um, at, at, at least 2017. And last week we were told 2019. He's talking about um, the spy balloons. That's what I took away from it today. He ended it with lock your doors tonight. Speaking to the American press, the American people, you know, this is a a sitting member of the Senate and I don't know that I found that crazy, you know, but. And like I said, he's often witty, you know, Kennedy's often witty. Uh, he's really funny, but I, I feel like that was a different message he was sharing with us. And I don't know, you know, maybe after that clip goes viral, and it kind of was played a little bit during the week, it will further, it'll probably just further increase ammunition firearm sales across the country. But uh, just in case we want to, you know, work on stopping and slowing that back we uh have to get into gun control again you know we'll toss in a mass shooting like uh, what happened at michigan state university you know although this shooter doesn't fill or fit the typical narrative i mean anthony Dwayne mccray was a 43 year old black male who opened fire in two separate locations on michigan state campus on monday evening i believe he killed four people injured five he would later be found dead conveniently from a self-inflicted gunshot wound. Police stated as of the other day that McCray had no known ties to the university. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, the justice system and a George Soros-backed judge had a chance to prevent this. You see, in 2019, McCray was charged with illegally carrying a concealed weapon, a felony in Michigan that requires a five-year prison sentence he was allowed to plead misdemeanor and avoid serving any time, hence him out on the streets and four people dead. But, you know, obviously we have to blame the gun. And we won't make a big noise about this because it was a black shooter. Uh, it wasn't a middle-aged white guy or a young white kid um, with a manifesto or whatever, so they're not going to push the whole narrative, even though, you know, neighbors described McCray as a hellraiser. They said he was often target shooting in his backyard, had a history of mental health issues, but nonetheless, there he was walking the streets. You know, and, and I think that was a convenient time for that shooting to happen and kind of distract us from another story that was about to break. And, you know, all these things happen for a reason. Like, that's everything, like... There's no such thing as coincidence, um, at least I don't believe in them. I think everything just kind of, there, there's a system in place. There's a systematic design. You know, and how many, more people are aware of this now, but how many people were aware that on February 3rd, around 9 p.m., a train carrying hazardous materials 
chemicals derailed in East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, it took about two weeks, but it's getting a lot of airplay now. 38 of the train's 150 cars derailed in a town of about 5,000 people, uh, 150 miles west of Pittsburgh. The small town was soon engulfed in hazardous smoke. Uh, you've actually, you can actually see the satellite pictures. This is a way bigger thing than they ever thought it was going to be. The interesting thing, too, is it was carrying hazardous materials and frozen foods, like your frozen vegetables and so on and so forth. It's good to think that we let those things travel so close together. The train was, uh, it was coming from Madison, Illinois, and headed to Conway, Pennsylvania. It was carrying the vinyl chloride, a chemical used in almost all resins to create a variety of plastic products, which means when stuff like that happens, pl plastic, uh, when resins for plastic, you know, have issues, like when there were hurricanes in Louisiana years ago, it affects the prices of everything. I think that's a lot of times something people don't realize. Um I believe the rail company is Norfolk South, who actually had another derailment uh, earlier this week in Van Buren Township in Michigan with more hazardous spills, not to the level of what we what's going on in East Palestine, Ohio. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> they worried, you know, the, the vinyl chloride, among the other chemicals, is very dangerous to everyone in the vicinity there. The EPA, I believe, is on the ground there. Uh, there's rumors that <clears throat> a lot of stuff was swept under the rug. They were doing everything to prevent it. They were trying to say the situation was uh, under control, but they began testing homes, air, soil quality, and water. Uh, it's a known fact that the chemicals have gotten into the water uh, of the Ohio River and that soil was actually covered up the contaminated soil was covered up as new tracks were laid down almost immediately so that they can continue rail progress. And uh, there's countless videos of dead fish all along the Ohio River, along the creeks, and uh, any of the water flows that share and were affected by this. And the crazy thing about the Ohio River is the Ohio River feeds into the Mississippi, which is also connected to every major waterway just about in this country. So, my, my take is you'd think the left, who are ultimately so concerned about the environment and climate and yada yada and all this other shit that sounds so stupid, that, you know, they're always running on environmental policy. They'd be all over this. You know, here they, they can attack a big corporation, um, you know, and they would be there on the ground taking in the firsthand damage on TV, demanding we do better. But no. Nothing. Um, you know, the, this accident, I'm telling you, is going to have long-lasting effects on a very large portion of this country. And it's, you know, like I said, it, it, it was hardly a mention for two weeks. A lot of people still probably don't even know about it. You know, and I, and I don't know, I guess maybe it's not racial enough or it's not about gender and pronouns or guns. Uh, so it maybe really isn't a story of value to the media. You know, and there's there's plenty of blame on everyone, you know, on this. Like the, the Ohio governor is a Republican. His name, I believe, Mike DeWine has pretty much sided with the railroad on this. But, you know, and this is why we're doomed. I, I think you almost have to look out for you and yours at this point in the world because 
we're on our own people. You know, the powers that be have their own agendas, you know, so maybe we need as a people to quit worrying about Rihanna's halftime show performance and her smelling her fingers and maybe put our focus somewhere where it actually belongs and it could be constructive. You know, because if you look at it, the federal government is doing next to nothing about Ohio. And like I said, the governor has even yet to visit the scene. This is a Republican. I'm going, I'm not picky about who I slam when you do stupid shit. And, um, you know, he sided with the railroad who obviously donate lots of money to his campaigns. Uh, <clears throat> you know, and you look at this and what it's going to take to fix this or get a grasp on it or prevent long-term damage and, you know, nine-headed fish and kids with cancer and waterways. You know, every politician that is there is telling people, don't drink the water, don't use the water. You know, we gave tons of, put tons of illegals into hotels and this and that all over this country. And these people were forced out of their homes by no fault of their own, pretty much on their own, not being helped. But we send billions and billions to this whole scam that's going on in Ukraine which ultimately that money just comes right back into the politicians' uh, back pockets. And if you don't believe that, you're, there's no help for you because that's really where that money is going. You know, it, it, all this for some pretend cause they have over there. You know, and it's a cause we ourselves got involved in when Biden had Navy SEALs blow up the Nord Stream pipeline in September. But you won't hear about that. You'll hear denial if you look up on it. But... Almost every legitimate intelligence source from every other country says we did this, you know, which is ultimately an act of war. And surprise, you know, now you've got the Russians on top of the Chinese probably wanting it getting itchy tr trigger, trigger fingers at us, you know. And I and I bet no one even knew about this. I mean, I I had to look up. I'd heard rumblings about it. And it didn't. It was one of those things that didn't seem like it was gaining any. Wait, and I was like, ah, I'm going to look into this. You know, my wife had mentioned something about it, and I was like, I'm going to look into it. And it, more and more, it looks like we did this, which is crazy because this would have affected uh, crude supply all over Europe. You know, and we ultimately, it, it's almost like an act of terrorism if you think about it. So, you know, you, you, you see that, you look at the things we don't do, and you have to ask, like, what purpose does our government actually serve? I mean, and you probably could ask yourself this for years, I mean, maybe even decades. Because, I mean, ultimately it just serves itself and its own interests. And, you know, and I, and I think whether or not you want to say that out loud, that that's pretty much the answer to that question. You know, and, and I have no idea where that leaves us. Um, it's scary times, and it seems to kind of unfold more and more every week, to matter, no matter what. Uh, you know, it, the next ball is going to drop, and it's like, okay, yeah, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Oh, hold my beer. Look, the world just did this. And, yeah, I don't, I don't even know what to tell you. I mean, it's just... You know, you try to just do your own thing, and but here we are. So, yeah, this would be the portion of the podcast. Not to be so uplifting tonight. I'm I'm actually in a great mood. Uh, you know, like I said, worked in the basement, kind of relaxed, slept in this morning. I don't think we got moving till about ten a.m. Um, and all that. Watched uh, WWE pay per view, which I always enjoy. 
But music this week, uh, All Along the Watchtower, Jimi Hendrix. Uh, song was originally written by Bob Dylan. I love Jimi Hendrix. Uh, you know, unfortunately, Jimi Hendrix only lived to be about 20, what, 28, 29 years old. Kind of fell into that same age group with like uh, Morrison, Joplin, um, where they, you know, Cobain, people that all kind of never lived to see 30. <clears throat> James Marshall Hendrix um, was actually his name. But, uh, you know, Jimi Hendrix is amazing talent. Sometimes he's one of those guys where, like, I kind of forget about, you know, which sounds really bad. Um, <clears throat> but I love his cover of All Along the Watchtower. I love Purple Haze. I love Voodoo Child. Um, you know, Are You Experienced? Uh, there's, I, I feel bad. I can't even think of all of them. I didn't, I didn't do a really good job on doing the music research. Uh, Wind Cries Mary, Hey Joe. Uh, hey Joe is an amazing song. You know, he's, Famous for his uh, national anthem play, I believe at the f the first uh, Woodstock is where it was. But yeah, um, Jimi Hendrix. I thought that was a little bit of a different twist for music. Sometimes you know we went from what the Ghetto Boys last week to Jimi Hendrix this week. Anyways, um, <clears throat> that's all I got this week, folks. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, Hope you're not worried about the, the world ending, but maybe just opened your eyes a little bit more to what's going on. Um, like I said, the uh, Volume 1 of the Bourbon Sessions will be March 4th. Um, that, those episodes won't replace episodes of this. It'll just kind of be a second show that uh, we'll be doing. But uh, hopefully everyone enjoys it and you know it gets all the support and downloads that this does this continues to blow my mind every week as uh, i get i want to say viewership because the listening ship does downloads or whatever continue to grow and they far out far exceeded my expectations probably after the first year and we're in our third year now so as always thank you for your support and um I guess I'll be here as long as you guys like listening to me. But uh, I hope everyone has a great, safe weekend. And uh, remember, drink whiskey and don't take my Super Bowl picks. Later.